All right. Well, welcome to our homegrown podcast brought to you by Texas A&M AgriLife Extension here in Harris County. Uh, I am Brandi Keller, uh, one of the county extension agents, one of two horticulture agents here um, serving Harris County. Uh, today I have with me Sherry Hara, who is with uh, Plants for All Seasons, a local family-owned nursery. And we'll just get right into it. Welcome, Sherry. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Um well, just to start us off, uh, can you go ahead and just give us a little bit of your background uh, with Plants for All Seasons and your role? Okay, so um, yeah, my dad started Plants for All Seasons 50 years ago, um, and I am now the hardline buyer, meaning I, buy, I purchase products, um, the non-perishable things. Um, I, when I was growing up i was going to go to nursing school and maybe medical school and uh started working at the nursery and fell in love with it and decided to my dad made a nice career off of it so i i decided that uh that's what i wanted to do so i think it's probably the best decision i've ever made in my life um because i've grown into an industry that i just absolutely adore and uh, full of just amazing people and um i don't have to put makeup on every day so that's a good thing (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so that's that's basically uh how i started was a a, a cashier um um when i was 23 or 24 and um that's all she wrote then i i uh changed my plans from nursing school to I, I guess I'm a different kind of nurse now. I, I nurse plants. <laughs> that's uh, that's a great that's a great comparison. Yeah. yeah. So um, you did work your way up from uh, you talked about being a cashier into all the different roles to where you are now. Right. So. Yep. Yep. I, and I've done every role in the nursery at this point. So. Oh, great. So yep. I know this is going to be a loaded question. But uh, what is it that you love about your job? Well, yeah, it depends on the day. But um, what I love about my job is the, the, the best thing about my job is the knowledge um, that I have gotten. How do I put this? I guess I, I learn something new every day. And so it never gets old. Every day when I come into work, is a whole different set of circumstances um so it's it's non-stop learning does that make sense yeah Um, we definitely share that quality because that's kind of what we do too yeah every day is dynamic yeah it doesn't matter what you're what you know you will literally learn something new every single day you will never in this industry you will never know everything you know a lot but not everything so that i think that's my most favorite part of the job. Mm. And I, I don't know if this is the right place to put this in, but I'll just mention, you know, we, we have a lot of, um, you know, obviously at Extension, we get a lot of questions about uh, plants and chemicals and whatever. And in certain instances, I will say, you know, 
I can give them an answer, but I can say, you know, if you go to, you know, your, your local nursery, that's mm-hmm. what they do every single day. And like in right. your case, you know, for a generation, a <laughs> couple generations, right. so that knowledge is there in your own reta- in in those retail stores also. Yeah. And, um, like where here at plants for all seasons, um, you know, I'm not, I'm going to brag about us a little bit. I think our customers here are a little bit spoiled by our knowledge. And the only reason I say that is uh, we have several customers and I, I just got a text a few minutes ago and this is so crazy um, from a guy in Indiana that, that uses our knowledge here to garden up in Indiana because he can't get the help there. So um, I think, you know, our, you know, we have people that I had a lady texting me yesterday from Austin because she's having a hard time finding um, the knowledge base that she needs to solve issues in, in her yard. So um, not only do I take my job seriously and my education and um, um, the knowledge that I put out there, but my all my siblings work here, too, <laughs> uh-huh. and and they they share my passion uh, for what, what, you know, what they do as well. So, um, our customers are kind of spoiled that way. And then when they move away, they're like, oh my gosh, I'll never find another nursery like, like yours. So a lot of them come back when they're in town. So. Yeah, we definitely are spoiled in the Houston area. We have, you know, we have, we have a number of great, um, nurseries. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, okay, so what would be some of the challenges that, you know, you encounter? And that's a really general question, so you can just take mm-hmm. it um, at whatever applies. Um, so challenges um, in, okay, let's, let's uh, personal challenges or challenges in what's happening in the nurseries right now, where you want me to go? <laughs> uh, well, that second one sounds interesting. What are the, what are the challenges with the nurseries right now? So right now, you know, post COVID, um, you know, you know, after COVID, you know, everybody was gardening. So that's great. Everybody is gardening, but growers weren't, um, they had, they couldn't change fast enough, um, and grow more fast enough, um, to keep up with the demand. So that was one challenge just with COVID and, and just the sheer amount of people that started gardening, which is a great challenge to have, right? But then we throw in a freeze. And so that freeze just kind of amplified the already shortages that we were incurring um, due to the amount of gardening that people were doing. And then now we're throwing in supply chain issues um, that have to do with things that, I mean, it's just even crazy. Just, I guess it all stems to petroleum. Um, so now we're we're having a hard time getting the pots. We're having a hard time getting the soil. Um, so now we're seeing more shortages due to supply chain issues. So that that's probably our biggest challenges right now is just having the supplies for people. Um, and we're starting to really see it uh, as spring is coming down off our busy season. So that has been our biggest challenge so far this year. Um, and it's projected to get a little bit worse. So, hmm. yeah. So when you go to your nurseries <laughs> and you and you're like, "Where's all your plants?" Um, then that's that's why. 
Yeah, so be patient with the nurseries. <laughs> yes, yes, believe me. I wish I had a table full of Vinca right now. It's not that no. I don't want it. It's just, um, you know, we had that late frost. So a lot of growers lost plants in that late frost. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, every day I feel like I'm telling people, no, sorry, we don't have that. And, uh, yeah, I don't like saying that. Well, and I'll just say I've been there a few times, you know, in the spring, and it certainly didn't look like you were absent of anything. So, it's, uh, yeah, great merchandising on the on the outdoor people. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, since uh, March was actually uh, Women's History Month, and uh, we're well past that, but I'm still going to acknowledge uh, something with that. So, um, what has been your observation or experience when it comes to uh, women in horticulture? Yes. Yeah, so, when I started um, back in the late '90s. Um, you know, it was a very, very male-dominated in industry, and that was a little tough being a young girl um, coming into the industry because it's everywhere you went, every sales rep, um, all the trade shows. It was they were very male-dominated, and it was hard for them to take you seriously. Uh, here, I was a you know twenty-something um, cute girl coming in. Um, trying to pave my way. But what I have noticed is our industry has really um, kind of turned around. I would say more of my sales reps and more people at the trade shows, more of the um, nursery buyers are female now. So that's that's been really kind of cool to see the um, women kind of growing into the industry. That's been very very neat to witness and be a part of too. Mm, very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have just a small amount of experience um, in in a um, in a nursery, and one of the things we were talking about before is. Uh, you know, and this is just making an observation. I know, you know, when I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. uh, I was the only female that would run a front-end loader um, right. at that particular nursery. And you said, yes, I experienced that even right now. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'll get the, are you sure you know how to drive that forklift? And I'm like, yes, who do you think taught all the guys to drive the forklift? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I still experience a little bit of it, but um, a whole lot less than when I was younger. Yeah, 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 definitely when, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother topic. Um, okay, so um, when, you know, just bringing up and not to really go down any kind of rabbit holes, but, uh, you know, when we talk about women in horticulture and you being um, someone who is really, you know, in a lot of ways running um, a lot of facets of that particular business, uh, have you personally experienced inequality? Well, yes, I did. I, it, like I said, it, um, in my early career, I, I definitely experienced it probably on a daily basis. And now it's not as let's say bad because I am a, a more mature woman now and I think uh, I'm a lot more confident uh, but I do occasionally will get the it's usually an older gentleman that comes in and says where's your grass guy 
to me and um, I look at him and I'm like, well, I'm your grass guy. So um, yeah, I, I <laughs> do uh, from time to time experience it, but um, yeah, not as bad as it was. So I, and like I said, I think it has a lot to do with um, my knowledge now and uh, just maturity and confidence um, that I am able to, you know, handle it a lot better than I used to be. I used to get offended about it, but now I, I think it's funny. <laughs> and when I show them my grass and they're like, wow, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I've gained the, I've gained the respect. Yeah, when they walk away, they're like, okay, now we know who to ask next next yes, time. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, I get it, you know. Um, you know, lawns have, have kind of been uh, a traditional, like, male, they're going to mow it and they're going to feed it. Um, but I, I've just kind of, I love a lawn. And that's that's just become my thing. So, um, so I, I can't, I can't fault people for for uh, wanting the grass guy. <laughs> yeah, and our last uh, turf specialist uh, was a woman. And oh. I mean, she, she Becky Bowling, Dr. Becky Bowling, she, she put out some great information. Um, so, okay, this is a really smooth transition into, uh, you know, do you view some, um, do you think some people view gardening as uh, feminine and horticulture as masculine and and what would really be those differences absolutely so um yeah so i I mean i i can see that too and and when you say it out loud it's like okay yeah that totally makes sense so most people in our industry in the horticulture industry um have been male in the past so um, horticulturalists like arborists and um, fertilizer guys, right? It's all been very male dominated, um, but it's totally switched now to where there's more females in in the industry. Um, so I think it'll take some time before horticulture is viewed as as kind of equal uh, representation, um, but still gardening and flower beds the flower part i um, still gets a very feminine connotation um so yeah i think i yeah i think it'll take some time but you know we have more and more men coming in doing container designs so that's good um yeah but i mean flowers they're pretty they seem a little more feminine i guess so and grass and bugs seem a little bit more masculine (laughs) (laughs) well i have a master gardener um he um something he said always sticks with me and that is you know especially during covid but any time that gardening has just been a great equalizer and Mm -hmm. that's um you know social class um gender uh you know, race, whatever. I mean, it Age, has potential yeah. to, you know, to level the playing field, really. Right. Yes. And uh, we were talking about that earlier. And I have noticed a definite uh, demographic change um, in in our customer base. And I guess, like, like you said, it, maybe it is due to COVID. More people got out and started gardening. Um, 
but just the average customer, I mean, we, it's, it is all over the place out there and I love it because very diverse, um, who is shopping at the nursery now that's coming in and it's not just, um, men doing the grass, the women are doing the grass now and, and, um, every, you know, socioeconomic class is out shopping together. It's, um, you know, diversity is the spice of life. Yeah, that is, um, we've noticed that overall, but, uh, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought um, with what you were just saying, but I guess that happens. Yeah, um, <laughs> before I ask you just a couple of fun questions, I do want to um, just end this part of it. Uh, I kept reading uh, a certain comment um, online and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, it said, the problem isn't that we don't have plenty of women working in horticulture. We do. The problem is one of access to power and adequate representation. And from talking with you, it sounds like, you know, from your observations um, that uh, the tide is turning a little bit on that and that maybe, you know, there are more women able to um, access that representation and not just males. Yes, absolutely. Like, I mean, I mean uh, in my short career here, it's completely changed and um, and uh, that's fabulous i mean i have two daughters and so i fight every day for equal representation in what i do and i do it for them so um i want them to be able to go out and do anything and everything that they want to do and i think everybody should boy girl doesn't matter um so but i've i've seen it change in my in my life so that's that's great yeah oh very great so going into something a little bit more fun, um, okay. uh, this is apart from the supply chain issues. Uh, have you noticed any uh, retail trends, uh, at least with your experience at your nursery? Absolutely. So um, last year we built a greenhouse because the interior plant tre uh, trend uh, was, we saw a noticeable increase uh, in interior plants. So. Um, we built the greenhouse and it has been a great decision because that even opened the door to a younger clientele. Um, you know, first time apartment owners that want, they want to try their hand at plants or uh, newlyweds that if they can keep a plant alive, they might try a pet <laughs> and then they might have kids after that. So um, it has opened the door to a lot of uh, people that wouldn't normally garden. That, yeah. That's a great friend. The Instagrammers, they love their specialty monsteras and pops. Yes. <laughs> and they they will spend some money on yes. <laughs> on rare and unusual. So that's been um, really cool. And our biggest trend, which has been a trend for a while, um, but edibles, anything that you can put in your yard that is edible has been huge. And I guess with the rumors of food shortages, it's only going to get bigger. So that's, um, we've been trying to really diversify the types of um, fruit trees and vegetables and all that good stuff um, to keep, you know, everybody satisfied with, with selection because there's so many people planting gardens now. 
Yeah, and edibles should always be up there, especially with our, um, you know, challenges with food access. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so what you personally, um, what are a few of your favorite or underutilized plants that you see that, you know, you think, you know, could be utilized, you know, a little bit more? So there is this really cool, now I'm talking um, like flowers. I'll start with flowers because I have a favorite of everything. Um, there is a Suare Vinca. I'm not sure if you've seen that one yet. Uh, have, you, have you noticed that one in the market? Um, no. Okay, it's really cool. It is a smally, smaller flowering Vinca, um, but it blooms its little heart out and it stays a little more compact. So flower wise, I think um, growers will start growing more eventually. And once they start growing more than more, you know, the accessibility will be um, easier for people to experiment with it. Right now, the smallest size that I've seen it in is a quart. So not a lot of um, nurseries carry them yet. That's a, a great little plant. Um, and anything weird and exotic, um i love so that we got a really cool um finger lime have you ever grown one mm. of those brandy i'm i'm familiar with them yeah okay so that is like in the citrus world that that's something really cool um that we have and we got a huge shipment in the other day but that's really cool because you it's like caviar on the inside um and what else is really Kind of different uh, the limelight hydrangeas i wouldn't say it's different but it really is a, a stunning um probably underutilized the paniculata type hydrangeas everybody wants the big mop head uh, type yeah. hydrangeas so the paniculatas are a little bit easier to grow and the limelights do outstanding here so uh, several several things uh, a lot of roses um the drift roses are one of my favorites to add to landscape just because the ease of them and the beauty they just keep reblooming. Mm, yeah, I'm, I know we can go on forever with this. Yeah, um, one of my <laughs> favorite plants uh, over the last couple of years has been uh, has turns out to be the pineapple guava. And I, I just look around, I'm like, are why are not more people not growing pineapple guava? Um, the the flower first of all it makes a really great um hedge you know it right. doesn't get real crazy so you don't have to prune it as long as you put it in the right spot um but those flowers are gorgeous but they're also edible and i started eating them a couple years ago and it was one of the few flower petals that you can eat that really doesn't actually taste like a, a flower too i mean yes you can eat a pansy it tastes like a flower yeah um, those are so good and i made a jam out of it um and then you can harvest those petals off of those flowers without interrupting um you know, the production of that into the fruit. Yes, very cool. Yeah, and it tastes, I mean, it tastes like the fruit taste, the flower. Yes, yeah. Yep. It's, oh, it's so delicious. Um, yeah, okay. And, well, and we've seen a, a little bit of a influx in people planting things like pineapple guava. And it's funny because that years ago, that was a hot plant. And then it kind of went out of fashion. And now it's back. So um we're seeing we're seeing kind of like the tried and true old-fashioned type plants come back too 
Nice. And um, you also have a lot of, um, you usually have a good selection of herbs too, and different yes. varieties of basil and mints and um, thymes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there is a really cool fuchsia flowering thyme out there that's a, um, it's kind of gets a little taller than your creeping thyme, um, but it has just this hot pinky purple flower on it. It's beautiful. So yeah, we have a huge selection of herbs, probably five or six tables of herbs out there right now. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, one of one of the ones that I grew between Ohio and here years ago was the variegated. Is it um, perpetu perpetuo? Um, um, the basil. Yes, the basil. It's yes. variegated leaf. Yes. Uh huh. Perpet perpetuo. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it, yeah. but yeah, it's great for making pestos. Yeah, it, it, you can make pesto with it, but it also grows, you know, as a really small shrub. But the thing I like about it is, is it, it won't flower. Yes. Um, you, don't, you don't have to have that battle with the, uh, <laughs> with, the mm -hmm. with the flowering stalks. Yeah, and then the trend of uh, pollinators, like people coming in going, what can I plant to uh, attract the bees? So... Um, the African blue basil is great for that because it yes. does really bloom. So, um, and that's really cool because years ago people would say, I want something that flowers, but I can't attract any bees to now people are saying, okay, I want to attract the bees. Bees are good. So that's really been kind of cool to see the switch there and people's mindset to kind of promote more uh, pollinators. So. Yeah, and that African blue basil is a—it's a—it's almost a mainstay with our Harris County Master Gardeners. I uh -huh. know they turned on, turned me on to it. Um, you know, if they have a garden, they they do like to grow it with um, with their gardens because yeah. it attracts uh, not just you know bees. It does attract uh, a a good diversity of pollinators. Um, right, and it's not available by seed. You know, it, I think you can uh -huh. only propagate it. Um, you know, by um, Cutting. cuttings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can easily share it uh, with friends, but, but yeah, that's, that's definitely one. If you know a master gardener here in Harris County, they, they probably know about African blue basil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, um, I think that's, you know, we've kind of gone over um, uh, a lot of, a lot of things today and I really want to uh, thank you. Uh, for being here and talking to me about your experience, um, not only as, uh, you know, someone who runs a small um, business, but, you know, seeing some of those trends um, in, in the landscape business. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we will, um, we'll probably see each other here before too long. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you for listening to the Homegrown Podcast, provided by the Agriculture and Natural Resources Unit of the Harris County Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Office. If you have any questions or need more information about the Homegrown series or any of AgriLife's other programs, please visit our website at harris.agrilife.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon.